You've read or heard or preached the scripture this week. So now what? Well, you can join me, Pastor Allen, and my colleague, Pastor Carissa, as we explore the spaces between the Sundays in our podcast, Soft Idolatry. Hello, friends, and welcome to the last episode of Soft Idolatry Season 1. We have come a long way in this first season. It's kind of been a mini season with 18 episodes, but I think that we're starting to find our stride and our voice and our rhythm. What do you think, Alan? Like Virginia Slims, you've come a long way, baby. I'm, I don't smoke, so I don't yeah. know. <laughs> that, that was their old <laughs> tagline. Um, it was from like the 80s, right? Uh, yeah, 1880s. Um, really? That long? But I don't know there if it's that long ago. Weren't uh, there commercials like that, though? From there, there have not been cigarette commercials on TV in our lifetime. All right. I don't know where I'm coming up with that then. I'm just pulling it, stuff out of the air. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it would have been it would have been in print media advertising. Um but I, I can't I can't even say I remember radio commercials for cigarettes. But uh, we're getting way off topic already. We and are getting been here way for off like topic. Ten seconds. Okay, let's let's get back on topic. What's your sermon right. title? My sermon title is "He Reigns Upon the Throne," and I know that's super generic. It's a super generic one for this week, but nothing really leapt out for me. And as we've talked in the past, if I come up with something clever, it will wind up having nothing to do with my actual. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I am. I'm also, uh, but my sermon title is father forgive. And so of course it's taken partly from the scriptures, but also from a story that I will tell in the sermon. Excellent. Yours is slightly generic, but not quite as generic as mine is. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for any given Sunday during the year, that might not be quite as generic of a sermon title, but this Sunday is Christ the King Sunday. Mm-hmm. And this is the Sunday where we celebrate the kingship of Christ. Before we celebrate it, let's talk about what it really means. All right. Well, um, why don't you start us off on that? Okay. So this is um, this is the culmination of the liturgical year. This is the end of the road. Because we celebrate Easter around the time of Passover, it is not the end of our liturgical year or our liturgical calendar. So Christ the King always comes at the end. And uh, as, as you will hear in a few minutes, our gospel text is part of the passion story. That is the, the crucifixion and death of Jesus on the cross. And so we are starting off with an image of the broken human Jesus and saying, this is what kingship looks like to God. And I think that's that's something that we don't talk about a lot um, because that doesn't necessarily reflect our image of someone who is in charge. But it is what we are building to throughout the year. Um, and maybe it would make a bit more sense if 
we didn't have Easter and then Pentecost and then all of this ordinary time, but that is how we finish our calendar year in the church. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't from a liturgical tradition, uh, the Christian church calendar is what we have actually based our seasons off of. So a lot of podcasts start their season in the fall or in the um, like late winter, early spring. Those are some of the you know, kind of along with the television programming season premieres. But we have chosen to go along with the liturgical year, the, the Christian year, which is why when we started in the summer, we're only 18 episodes in and we're starting the next series. Mm-hmm. The, the Christian calendar begins on the first Sunday of Advent, which is December 1st this year. So on December 1st, myself and my congregants and uh, Alan as well and some other colleagues and, and other folks from liturgical traditions may be saying Happy New Year because that is the Christian New Year Um We hear a lot about Jewish New Year, Chinese New Year, secular New Year, but the Christian New Year gets the short end of the stick. And then that launches us into Advent, which is this waiting period where we're anticipating the coming of the Messiah who's here to bring this peace, this peaceable kingdom that we talked about last week uh, that Isaiah describes. From there, we go into... Christmas! Christmas! I hate it when people play Christmas music this early because we're not even to Advent yet and people are playing their Christmas music. Correct. And we have an entire season of Christmas mm-hmm. that as soon as retail Christmas is over, people are taking down all their Christmas trees and stuff like that. But we've got like two weeks of Christmas. Easily. Easily yeah. two weeks of Christmas. Um, well, we, we get two weeks of Christmas because then we don't want to shortchange the next one, which is Epiphany. Correct. And this is the... The Christmas story celebration of the wise men coming to visit Jesus, right? That uh, image of the wise men and the shepherds all at the same time at the stable is not scripturally accurate. No. <laughs> they, came, they came much later. Mm-hmm. And so Epiphany is when Jesus is revealed to the rest of the world. So the shepherds represent uh, the, the people of Israel at the time, the, the Jewish people, and the wise men represent people from the rest of the earth. And so it's the revelation of Jesus to the world. Hmm. Very good. So what what are your texts this Sunday? We didn't even get through. I was oh. gonna Oh, I'm sorry. We only got to Epiphany, dude. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize you were I, I'm sorry. I didn't oh, realize I you were step... you the whole liturgical calendar. Well, I was just gonna step through it just to kind of give a description to folks so they understand the the story arc here. So now, we begin with now it's dawning on me. Now it's dawning on you. It's okay. Um so we I'm we having started, an epiphany. He is had, you just had an epiphany, right? Yeah, that word means an aha moment. So this is the world's aha moment to Jesus. And then we go into a short bit of ordinary time. And ordinary time is just everything that doesn't have a specific celebration. So we have a little bit of ordinary time. And then we have some penitence. We have so much penitence. Then we get to Lent. And some people love Lent and some people hate Lent. Um, This is where we recognize our need. And so it's another waiting period in the liturgical calendar, but it's a different kind of waiting than Advent. Advent is an anticipatory waiting, uh, whereas Lent is a penitential sort of waiting. 
And that's often where we give something up, fast from something, traditionally from types of food. Um, In recent history, people will start going on Facebook fasts or fast from their cell phones. Uh, But it's getting rid of the distractions that are around us. Hmm. We go from there to Holy Week, uh, the remembrance of Jesus' death and and, um, his sentencing and his death. Uh, just as you had mentioned previously, Alan, and mm-hmm. then into Easter, which we already talked about, um, on to Ascension, the remembrance of Jesus um, going back to heaven, and then Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, and then more ordinary time. whole lot and of then, ordinary time after whole that. whole lot of ordinary time. And, and then... Then we get to put on the white stoles for Christ the King. For Christ the King, yes. So that's the story arc. That's the story arc. Uh, I'm I'm almost surprised that Carissa didn't narrate the colors of it as well, but that's okay. We won't go back. I've been known to do that Mm -hmm. at church. Mm -hmm. And in fact, this Sunday, uh, my student pastor and I have structured the service so that our worship service will be stepping through the entire liturgical calendar, beginning with Advent hymns and ending with Christ the King hymns. And I'm actually planning on layering my stoles. I, I so was just going to ask if there were costume changes. <laughs> Absolutely, there's costume changes. You know me so well. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and we will also be changing the costume of the pulpit as well. Oh, interesting. Okay. Very <laughs> as good. We go, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Okay. Now let's let me ask that question again. What's your te- <laughs> okay? What are your texts on Sunday? So the primary text that I am preaching on this Sunday is Jeremiah 23, 1 through 6. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who shepherd my people, it is you who have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. So I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the lands where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will raise up shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall not fear any longer or be dismayed, nor shall any be missing, says the Lord. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. If, if this were from Isaiah, I'd want to start singing some Handel right now, but... That's okay. Yeah. Oh, I love the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Both the Messiah Messiah and Handel's Messiah. Ah, yes, indeed. Okay. Both are, are very special to mm-hmm. me. Uh, <laughs> so I, I like this text as my text this week because I think it brings all of those pieces together. That was part of the reason I, I wanted to step through that whole story arc uh, from beginning to end is because we kind of see that in this passage, right? You've got this angst, this this feeling of tension in the world where the leaders are really being rotten. They're just not nice. They're terrible. And they're contrasted with one who is compassionate and cares for all of them. And um, this is one of those places where it says this, this shepherd, this king is going to come from the branch of David. Um, he's going to come from that that 
kingly lineage. Um, and so we, we in the Christian faith see that as Jesus, as pointing toward Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to say a little something about the use of that term shepherd? Sure. I mean, this is, um, this is in the Old Testament in particular, a metaphor for kingship. Uh, Jeremiah is not literally speaking about shepherds. He is using a metaphor. And this is consistent throughout. Uh, the shepherd has this responsibility to protect the flock, to care for the flock, to bring the flock safely back to its sheep pen at the end of the night or whatever the period is that they're out grazing. And of course, we hear this metaphor get extended in particular in the Gospel of John most eloquently and poignantly um, when Jesus talks about the sheep knowing the shepherd's voice and uh, talking about the sheepfold and all of that. Um, it, is, it is both a metaphor for God watching out for us or Jesus watching over us, as well as the kings of the land who are responsible for the safety and the behavior of the flock. Would you buy, shep- would you buy into that? I would. Yeah, that shepherd metaphor we see all throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see it in Psalm twenty three. That's probably the most well known. Mm-hmm. We see it uh, in the parable of the lost sheep. Mm-hmm. Jesus is referred to as the good shepherd. Some years during ordinary time. You have the series of passages on the bread of life. Sometimes you have the past series of passages on the good shepherd. <laughs> we right. jokingly refer to them as the good shepherd year and the bread year. And yeah, so this is this is not talking literally about farming. We're not. No, it is using a metaphor that everyone in an agrarian society can relate to. Uh, it's a little tougher for us to relate to it because very few of us have experience with taking care of sheep. Yeah, sheep are kind of gross. They're also they're also kind of dumb. Yeah. And uh did you ever uh, did you ever hear uh Douglas Adams unit of of distance measurement? Refresh my memory. I probably have it, It's called a sheppy oh. and it is the closest distance you can be to a sheep while the sheep remains picturesque (laughs) we and that i say that partly because it's funny and partly because that's a good example of we want to um i don't know like turn all of these pictures of sheep and shepherds in scripture into being something like adorable mm-hmm. but sheep are gross and they're hard to take care of and it takes a special kind of person to like want to i i apologize to all of the sheep fans who listen to our podcast but you are you are a specific sort of person um <laughs> and that the world needs but there are you are the exception Yes, uh, but but of course, many people, uh, you know, wealth would have been measured not so much in um, in material possessions as it would have been measured in land and in livestock. So right. the amount of the size of a herd that you owned 
and most likely the herd would have been sheep and or goats. Yeah, and that that actually, um, you probably saw this as well, but especially when I was hiking through Israel, I saw a lot of this. There are still just mixed flocks, and some of them are so ragged and wild-looking from being outside, you can't tell if they're a sheep or a goat. Yeah, and and in fact, if you are... uh, if, if you are, I, I saw this in Palestine, and I've seen it in parts of the third world, too. If you are walking past a butcher shop, they will have legs of various animals in the window, and they will always leave the hoof on so that you know which animal it was. Oh, interesting. That mm-hmm. I did not see while I was there. Fascinating. Ah, okay, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's the way to do it, because, you know... Honestly, if you're talking about uh, a leg of lamb, you know, you wouldn't know the difference between that and a leg of goat to just look at it after it's already been butchered and processed. But if you can see the hoof on it, you know what it is. Interesting. Interesting. Um, So the last time I preached on this passage was like a week after the last presidential election. That was not a safe time to be a preacher because the lectionary was not gentle on us during that election cycle. No, it wasn't. Um, Fortunately, I was able to make a joke about it because the election day was a day before my birthday. So I said, I I don't know if you all were tuning into that big event this week, but I had a birthday. So, Lucky you. Lucky I had me. no such jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had this passage, and it's not. It does not speak kindly of current rulers, and one of the critiques of a new ruler that had just been named mm-hmm. was that this person wasn't kind to all in the way that scripture calls a ruler to be kind to all Mm. and so uh, there were certainly folks who felt like i selected this passage specifically to call out that newly named leader Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i was like it's in the lectionary i i don't know what you want me to to do that's you know jeremiah said this thousands of years ago um, which I think is an inter- another interesting point, actually, as we talk about how to read scripture, uh, to remember that the prophets were not meant to be magical fortune tellers. No, they, they, were, they, they were offering possibilities. Um, here is a possibility. Here is how God intends things to be. And as we live faithfully into God's call to, for instance, take care of the widow and orphan, uh, to take care of the alien who labors among you. If we live into those things, then this is the way that we see the fruitfulness of remaining in a right relationship with God. And conversely, if we fail to live into a righteous relationship with God, here are the woes that may befall us. Yeah. So these are kind of timeless predictions, so to speak, of when when you are a bad leader and you don't take care of your people and you leave some out, 
you're going to mess things up Mm -hmm. a lot. So, and that's kind of just timeless advice. That is true. And it, it, it can be, when it, when it's not being preached a few days after election day, it can be a good reminder to educate your congregation on what the lectionary is and why and how you choose the text that you choose. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, that you and I choose to preach the lectionary because it means that we are not cherry picking our texts. We are not using them to proof text a particular ideology or point of view. Um, th- this this keeps me from preaching Matthew 25 every other Sunday. <laughs> every, every Sunday. Right. I would be preaching the body of Christ every mm-hmm. single Sunday. Uh, that or let justice roll. One of those yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, if, if I were uh, choosing something that Sunday three years ago, specifically to address the election, this would not have been mm-hmm. the first passage I'd have gone to anyway. Right. Right. I would have gone to something a lot more obvious. Um, what are what, what's your passage? So my this week? Uh, I am I am using the um, Jeremiah as my secondary reading, but my primary text is uh, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter twenty-three, verses thirty-three through forty-three. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing." And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly. For we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The word of God. Thanks be to God. So when I first when I first looked in the lectionary for this week and saw this passage, I thought that's kind of weird because that's a really Lent passage right there. That is like the last moments of Jesus' life there. But it really is the hinge of all of this because here is this great king, the one who is now reigning in glory, who has given up his life for us. And then promises that 
he sets aside a place for us in paradise. That's the kind of king that he is. That's the different sort of king that he is. Yeah, Jesus is the king that urges us to build the kingdom of God. He is the one who gives us the work to do, not for a reward, but to respond in righteousness to the relationship. Are you saying that this is not a um, retail type exchange here? Indeed. This is absolutely not transactional. It is relational. And the call is on us to continue the work that the human Jesus did in the world. That is the work of reconciliation and forgiveness. And that's, of course, amazingly difficult. But notice that the response to the questions from the people who are scoffing and scorning Jesus is to stand there and bear the sin of humanity. This is all done for the purpose of reconciliation. So instead of a king who is a bigger, badder, stronger guy who can drive out the Romans, say, or fight off, who can lead the people to uh, a successful insurrection and fight off all of the enemies at the gates and protect the borders of the earthly kingdom. He is a Lord who gives us a different task. And though we cannot, um, we cannot on our own reconcile ourselves to God, we can follow in his footsteps and it is a different kind of strength. It is a different kind of lordship. It is a different kind of kingdom. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a problem when I laugh. Okay, I'll try not to be funny. Mm. Uh, Boy, that's yeah. almost a segue for the dad joke. <laughs> almost, but not quite. And that brings us back around to why these passages are here on Christ the King Sunday. This is not a celebration of Jesus riding in regally with all the worldly regalia that monarchy might bestow upon him. This is not uh, a great leader coming in talking about uh, being great and wonderful this is not uh, the sort of uh, this is a towing to machismo that we often no, see in leadership. This is this is a humble king. This is a king who is so humble that he will bear shame and physical injury and death on our behalf. And we'll see a little bit of that idea of this servant king, this servant leader, come up in some of our Isaiah texts throughout Advent. And that's one reason I love that Christ the King is slammed right up against the first Sunday of Advent, because we've got the King, the King is great, but it's this different kind of greatness that the mm -hmm. very next week we are expecting to come in the form of a tiny little baby. Right, right. All of these images of 
um, dependence and selflessness and humility are served up rather than um, mighty Caesar in a chariot or on a war horse uh, in, a, in a triumphal parade. Right, right. Wow. I love Christ the King Sunday. I don't know why more churches don't make a bigger deal out of it. I really don't. Probably because you have to lean into the teaching. You have to focus um, focus on the parts of the story that aren't fun. And, uh, you know, I think that this is perhaps... Um, some of the the soft idolatry that we practice by worshiping the systems and the form of government and uh just worship of the culture that we have that we don't realize that we do because if we if we truly practiced christ the king if we truly confessed that jesus is lord that would reorder a lot of our other priorities. And we don't always want to reorder those priorities. I would venture to say we rarely want to reorder our priorities. Correct. <laughs> That's why people are playing Christmas music now. <laughs> Making me crazy. You just had to work that one in there, didn't you? I'm good. You're going to hear a lot about that, folks, over the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, although uh, there is a special surprise in the theme song next week. So stay ah, okay. tuned for that. Okay. So, yeah. I'll go I'll go on my Advent versus Christmas rant next week. I think we're probably getting to that time where we need to start thinking about uh wrapping this all up. Shall shall I pray us out? Uh unless you have any last comments, then yeah, go for it. Let us pray. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for what we have done and what we have left undone. We are quick to confess that Jesus is Lord, Christ is King, yet we are slow to live as if we truly believe what we say. We rush to judge, yet we are slow to forgive. And even when we offer forgiveness, we do not work for true reconciliation. Father, forgive us and send your Holy Spirit so that we may be agents of peace, love, and reconciliation. Amen. Now, may God, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together in spirit, soul, and body. May God encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen. Amen. Friends, thank you for joining us for the first season of Soft Idolatry. We can't wait to journey through scripture with you some more in season two, beginning next week, December 2nd. Nope. Yes, that's right. How is it already December 2nd? In the meantime, if you all want to uh, email us questions or comments, you can do that at info at softidolatry.com. And if you want to connect with us on Facebook or get show notes, you can go to www.softidolatry.com. And if you would like to financially support this podcast in any small way, um, every little bit counts 
Um, you can also find our link to Patreon on our website. Uh, hey, Alan. Yes. Did Did you see that new TV show yet about beavers? No, I did not. You have to watch it. It's the best damn show I've seen in a long time. Oh, my. <laughs> did you hear the one about the bad Marine? No. He was rotten to the core. You're a real bad apple, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You started it. <laughs> I did start it.